Hello, everybody, and welcome to On the DF, actually north. Yes, that's right. This is a deck chat. We haven't had one in a very, very long time. I'm visiting Rockport. Well, it's not quite a visit, which I'll get into in a few minutes, but here I am on the deck. It's a beautiful, beautiful late afternoon here in Rockport. The sky is blue. It's a little cloudy. The black walnut tree is doing very well. Do I see any black walnuts on there? No, I do not. Maybe they're a little small. Or maybe they're not there this year. So I've been here since last Tuesday morning. It's now Friday. I came here because I got a call from my sister, or was it a text, I can't remember, that my mom had sort of lapsed into a, I don't think it was a coma, I think she was just, she had, she either decided, or I don't know how it happened, but she wasn't eating or drinking. Keep in mind, she she was 98, and I'm going to close the door because I can hear Kenty talking to his heathen friends in, in the living room. There will be no heathens on my podcast. <laughs> so, there, I closed the door. So my sister said she thought that it was her time and that, you know, if I wanted to see her, I should get on a plane and fly up, which is exactly what I did. I got a plane from Durham at 6.30, arrived in Boston at 8.30, took the train to Beverly, Beverly Station, where my sister picked me up, and we went directly to the nursing home to see my mom. So she was, she really had failed she had lost a lot of weight she like weighed nothing nothing way less than 100 pounds probably way less than 90 pounds maybe even less than 80 pounds or 70 pounds she was nothing she was like just loose skin and bones and she was sleeping lying on her back her and she was breathing with her mouth open and she actually looked like she had already passed except she was still breathing and so my sister and I sat and sat with her I was on one side of the bed and my sister was on the other side of the bed sitting in chairs and we were alternately touching her and holding her hand and talking to her and then reminiscing. Oh, some of the things we reminisced about were <laughs> yeah, were kind of funny, actually, because I told a couple of stories uh, about conversations I had with my mother, which I may have mentioned in the past on the on the show, uh, which my sister did not know about and really surprised her. One was the story about masturbation. 
when uh, one day my mom and I were like driving around in the car. This was one or two years before she even entered the nursing home. I'm driving. She's sitting in the passenger seat. We're talking. She said, you know, I was watching uh, Oprah. And Oprah had Gail King on, and Gail King and Oprah were talking about how masturbation, yes, masturbation, was perfectly normal, having a teeny. And I'm, like, looking straight ahead and driving and thinking to myself, I, my, is that, is my mom, my... 90-year-old mom or 95-year-old mom actually talking about masturbation to me in the car as we're driving around. I couldn't believe it. I don't even remember what I said. I was so nonplussed, both because it was my mother talking to me about it and also because my mom was, she wasn't prim, but she was, I don't know, she was kind of innocent and the other story that I, t- I told my sister, which she had not heard before, was that I was ha- having a conversation with my mother and wondering what my dad would have been like if he had lived as long as she had lived. My dad died when he was 50. And so I was wondering if, you know, what he would be like if he were still alive when we were having this conversation. And she said, well, I don't even know if we'd still be together. This is another, like, shockeroo, because they had a good relationship, as far as I knew. He drank a lot. I think that was the reason. And I think, I think she may have said if his drinking, like, you know, something about his drinking would have been the cause for them to break up. Interesting. So my sister was shocked to hear this. No, she said. I can't believe it. And then I think there was also a third story, but um, I do not remember what it was. So we were having conversations back and forth like that, alternately like holding mom's hand and stroking her forehead. I was putting my hand on her forehead my palm on her forehead and just sort of trying to transmit to her that it was okay for her to go. And, yeah. So, during the visit, the uh, the chaplain of the nursing home, I forget her name, Beth, I think, came in and told us that she had been, she had spent earlier, had spent about an hour with uh, my my mom, Gilly. Uh, you probably know her name from past podcasts, past episodes of The Dark Forest or on the DF. And she was, I just disliked her immediately. She, she said, well, I spent an hour with your mom. We sang some hymns and we said a few prayers. And I'm thinking, oh God, no, please. Uh, she couldn't have left soon enough. And after she left, my sister said, Oh, there's another detail about the chaplain. And that is that 
The chaplain turned out to be a former minister at the church that my mom liked to go to when she was, uh, before she went into the nursing home and before she kind of lost her hearing and didn't get much out of going to church. So Kathy and I, my sister Kathy and I said, well, maybe she should be the person who speaks at um, the graveside service after uh, mom passes. And you know, as much as I didn't, <laughs> as much as I didn't like this lady, I thought, yes, probably this is probably what we should do because there's a connection. And because my mom had said, you know, when I go, I want to have, I don't want to have a funeral. I, I want to be cremated and I want to have a minister at the graveside to speak. So we said, okay, so we actually, uh, okay, no, that's so, okay. So it got to be about 5.30 in the afternoon, and we had been there most of the day. Uh, we left for lunch a little bit and then came back. But at 5.30, we decided we were both going to leave, and my sister was going to go home and talk to her husband and have some dinner and then go back. And I was going to go home and not go back. I was going to go home and uh, and return to the uh, nursing home the next day, which would have been Wednesday. So some time went by, and uh, my sister called me and said, I went back, and as I was walking down the hall to her room in the nursing home, I saw the nurse who we had been speaking to earlier picking up the phone trying to call me and tell me that she had passed while we were gone. So my sister was pretty emotional and I said, okay, I'll be right there. I got in the car and drove over and sure enough, she was, she was gone. Uh, we sat down for a few minutes. We held her hand again touched her forehead again. We told her we loved her. And and that was that. So the uh, the people at the at the nursing home called the funeral home and they we left after a few minutes and the funeral home picked her up. And then all the preparations started. So we had previously, when she entered the nursing home, met with the funeral home to sign over her life insurance policy to them. Wasn't, there wasn't much in there, but they were going to use that money to, for her uh, funeral services. So my sister and I... Um, the next day, I think it was the next day, we, which would have been, which was Wednesday, uh, went over to the funeral home and met with the uh, funeral director and the two funeral directors. And we ironed out the details about the um, 
containers for the ashes and we decided we were going <laughs> to we were going to we had decided already that we were going to split her ashes into two places and one portion of the ashes would go to the grave in West Gloucester where where my father and my brothers where my father's casket I guess they call it a full burial and my brother's ashes are and that's where she said she wanted to uh, she wanted to go but I just had this this very strong feeling that she wanted she wanted to go over there because she thought it was her duty and where she really wanted to go was to the cemetery in East Gloucester where she was born and where she which she loved uh, in the grave of uh, her family so I made the executive decision to split her up my sister and I mostly me though and um so during the conversation with the funeral directors, I said, can we just go over there like in the dead of night and and uh, dig a hole and, you know, put her, the other portion of her ashes over there in, in East Gloucester where she loved? No, no, we didn't even hear that. We cannot, we cannot uh, uh, give any advice about that because it's illegal. So this would not have, this was not going to happen actually at the service because the service was going to be at the official place in West Gloucester. So that has been sort of put on hold. We also got little portions of ashes, one for my sister and one for me because I want to take a little bit of her to North Carolina because she wanted to visit me there and never got there and spread them in uh, the bosquet, which you have heard me talk about uh, behind the house so that's that and then what happened uh, today today I had to do several things I had to go to the cemetery oh, plane up there and talk to the grave digger and show him the, the gravestone and where we wanted the her ashes to go and, and so on. So I did that. And I also had to uh, write the obituary and send a picture to the funeral home. I did that as well. And uh, and also uh, we had decided to, to uh, use this minister whose name, a woman, Reverend, who's who I had heard of and had heard good things about, and so she called me today and left a message, and I called her back, and so we arranged. So the only thing left to do is um, meet my sister and I to meet with the minister on Monday to talk about like how the service is going to go and suggest. I don't know, Bible verses or whatever. Talk about my mom. And then we're all going to go out to lunch. Uh, all meaning uh, Daniel, uh, who's coming up, flying up from North Carolina on 
early Wednesday morning, Kenti, uh, my sister, my sister's family, and a couple of cousins and uh, their spouses. I'm guessing like 10, between 10 and 12 people. And, uh, that, and that will be it. That will be it. I feel relieved uh, because she was not living a good life. I think she maybe thought she was <laughs> because she was so demented. But there wasn't really much quality to her. Who am I to judge that? You know, who am I to judge that? Maybe she was having a high-quality life at the nursing home. Uh, so that is it. That is it. That's the story. Morning glory. Oh, uh, there's actually another story, um, but I think I'm going to hold that until maybe I'll do another deck chat before I go back. So today's today is Friday, and I'm going back next Thursday. So maybe I'll have another chance to uh, talk about some other stuff. But for now, uh, we'll see you flatus. Thanks for listening to Deck Chat. On the DF is produced by and funded by a generous grant from D Pockets.